You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. All right, are you ready to get in the Word today? Announcements are out of the way. We are, we are in this series called Hot Takes. So this is the series that's formally known as uh, Survey Says. I remember the survey says series. So at Easter, we were given, we handed out um, connection cards that had surveys on them. And so this is, you actually, this is a series that you chose. So this is a series that, uh, full of topics that you wanted to talk about. These are things that you were, you're asking. These are topics that maybe you're struggling with or you're dealing with, or you have questions about what, whatever it is. And, and we, uh, so we crafted this series based on those topics. So over the next several weeks, you're going to be hearing some felt need messages some some messages about, um, about things that you guys are currently struggling with or dealing with or that you have questions about. Today, um, I get the honor of, of launching into this, this series. And uh, Pastor Chris and, and Tatum are, are out of town right now, but I always, always want to take an opportunity every time I'm on the platform to honor them. They're watching online. Can we thank our pastors? Come on, Pastor Chris and Tatum. Love you guys. They're, they've been they've been suffering on vacation this week, just suffering for the Lord, and but they they'll be back be back soon. Um, hey, so we're we're launching into this series, and I am uh, I'm excited about this topic because uh, today we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about a, a, something that's very important to God, uh, a, an issue that is very it's really it's on the heart it's on the heart of God. In fact, we'll talk about it in just a second, but Jesus. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus, when he was on the earth, he actually prayed for you today. And he prayed, he prayed this. He, he said, um, for all of those that will believe, that's us, any believers in the house? We got any, any not believers, but believers. We got any believers, come on. Uh, listen, you guys gotta loosen up this morning, okay? Because I feel like, I feel like I'm trying to spread cold butter on a piece of bread up here right now. Like it's just, y'all gotta help me out this morning. Uh, we, he, he actually said, I pray that for all those who believe that there'll be one. He, said, he, he prayed for relationship. He prayed for unity. And so we're going to talk about that today. Um, did you know that the first time God said something wasn't good? It wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't sin. The first time in all of creation, the whole creation story, you know, you know the story, right? Like God created the heavens and the earth and the waters and the land and he created all the fish in the water and all the birds of the air and all the, the animals on the land. Like he, he created all these things and, 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 and it wasn't sin. It wasn't Eve's decision to eat the apple or, or Adam's decision not to step up, come on somebody, and stop her from eating the apple. Uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't sin that was the first thing that wasn't good. God looks at all of creation, says, uh, you know, bees, good, bears, good, fish, good, plants, good. He, he then created man and he said, that's very good. But then he looks at Adam all by himself. And the first thing he says is not good. He said, it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. This is the first time we see that, that, 
that something is not good. By the way, this is not a scripture about marriage. This is a scripture about life. That, that God in perfect, the Bible calls God the Godhead. He is, he is Father, Son, Holy Spirit in perfect unity and perfect community. And his desire is that we made in the image of God would have the same thing. We would have unity and community. It is not God's plan for you to do life alone. He said, it's not good. It's, it's not, not good. So what we have to understand is that relationships are extremely important to God. They're extremely important to God. In fact, in fact this is a relationship message. So real quick, I just want to let you know, because as soon as I say this, you're like, I'm, I'm not married, so I'm gonna check out right now. But any, if you're single in the house, would you just raise your hand? Just single, love it. Y'all keep it up. Be proud, be proud, single, ready to mingle. Come on. I love it. So you can uh, take a look around if there's any, you know, just, just trying to help you out, trying to help you out right now. Uh, if you're single in the room, this is for you. Uh, if you're married, where's all the married people in the room? Come on. Hey, that's right. That's right. Uh, if you're, you're married, this is for you. If, if you have a job and you got a boss or you got employees or you got, if you got friends, this is a message for you. So we're, we're talking about relationships and how to have healthy, Christ-centered, Bible-based, Holy Spirit-led relationships. Does anybody like can just say, just be honest, say, you know what, I could use some help in my relationships because I got some, some messed up people that I got to deal with. Anybody got to deal with some difficult people? Anybody, you're like, you know what, I put the fun in dysfunctional relationships. I, I need some help in my relationships. It's an important, it's important to God. Relationships are important. In fact, I would say this, you've heard it said like this, um, that, that you are the sum total of your five closest friends. This is, this has been proven. Like, like your, can, did you know that your salary will be the, the average of your five closest friends? Some of you are like, I gotta get new friends. Cause <laughs> so, that, that, that your friends, you've heard it said like this, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That, that the people that you are consistently hanging around, the relationships that you have in your life, they're actually determining your future. They're dictating your future. The, the, the people you have in your circle, in your life that you're giving, uh, that you're lending your ear to, the, the people that you're giving authority to speak into your life, they're dictating your future. And that's why uh, it's important that we have healthy relationships because you could be hanging around the wrong people and they're taking you in a direction and taking your life in a direction that you never intended to go. That's why Paul would say in 1 Corinthians that bad company corrupts even good morals. That you could be saved in church, filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and you, you could be heading in the right direction, but you got the wrong people in your life. That will only last so long that you've got to check your circle. You've got to make sure that because, because relationships are like elevators. They're taking you up or they're taking you down, but they're taking you somewhere. Your relationships are taking you somewhere. So relationships are important. So my prayer, my prayer for us today 
is that we identify how to have healthy, Christ-centered relationships. So I wanna give you the keys to healthy relationships. Are you ready? The key to healthy relationships, here's the, this is the number one key. This is the first thing you've gotta do, the, the most important thing. I'm about to help your marriage. I'm about to help your friendship. I'm about to help you with dealing with your boss. I'm about to help you, are you ready? Cause you're not leaning in like you're ready. I just wanna, are, are you ready for like, this is it. This is gold right here. This is it. This is the thing. The key to having healthy relationships is this, is that you first have to be healthy. You first have to be healthy. Maybe your husband isn't the issue. <laughs> By the way, if you're married uh, or if you're in a relationship with someone around you, let me lay some ground rules before we go any further. Um, husbands, this is for you. This is not for your wife. Okay, so the, no, like, no, no looking over at your wife. No, it's to say that, that was good, wasn't it? Did you take, did you write that down? Uh, Ladies, ladies, let's holster the elbows for just the, the next few moments, all right? No, no elbowing, that was this. Because the key to healthy relationships is that you first get healthy. That's, that's the number one issue. That's the number one, your husband, you, maybe your spouse isn't the issue. Maybe your boss isn't the issue. Maybe it's not California and California's messed up and they're jacked up, no, 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 maybe. Maybe it's, it's you. Maybe it's me. Turn to your neighbor, say, it's me. It's me. You're like, maybe, maybe that church isn't the issue. You're like, Trey, I, I love this church. I've, I've been to like 20 other churches in this city and, and this one's different. No, we're not. No, we're not. And if you've been to 20 other churches in this city and you don't like any of them, you're the common denominator. We're messed up and need Jesus like everybody else, okay? It's, it's, it's you, and that's, that's, that's why I, I had to title this message something special. I had to, I had to title this message. Would you, would you just turn to your neighbor and tell them the title of my message today? It's, it's, it's this in the words of the, the prophetess Taylor Swift. She said, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Oh, come on, somebody. We got any T-Swift fans in, in the building. This is the problem. It's, it's not you, it's, it's me. I'm the problem. And if we can learn to get ourselves healthy, it will immediately affect our relationships. Come on, somebody. That's why Matthew 12, 35 says this. We get this on the screen. Matthew 12 says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So, so, so the good man out of the good treasure heart is going to bring forth good things. What comes in is going to come out. What, what my inner life is dictating my relationships. My inner life is having an effect on the things around me. Right? I've, I've heard it said like this, that you feel today like what you ate yesterday. Come on, anybody that's ever had a hangover can attest to this. Like, I don't know if you can admit to that in church. Can you admit to that? It's, it's okay, it's a safe place. Some of you are like, I got one right now, pastor. It's all right. Listen, we just dim the lights a little bit. Uh, come on, I, that double-double at 
11 p.m. felt good in the moment, but you wake up at six in the morning. You're like, is is this COVID? Like, what is it? No, no, no. You just you feel today like what you ate. Yes, I'm not talking about food, everybody. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. So, so my inner life is affecting my outer life. My, I, I have to take responsibility for my relationships. I got to take more responsibility than I want to because I want to blame it on everybody else. But the truth is that the good man out of the good treasure of his heart is going to bring forth good things. Now, does this mean that, that if you, you get all this right, then, then all of your relationships are going to be just perfect? No, because we're, we're fallen people. We're broken people. We're messed up people and we're dealing with messed up people. And, but, but it's from this place of inner health that I can then learn and be able to uh, direct and guide and navigate all the issues of relationships. It's when I first get healthy. So I have to take responsibility for my relationships. So here's how we're gonna do this. I, I think there are three keys to healthy, Christ-centered relationships found in, in Matthew. In the book of Matthew says this, we can go to that next slide, it says this, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, or, or the second is just as important. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two Commandments. Jesus is saying that, 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 that these two commandments that I'm giving you, all the laws of the prophets, all, everything that the prophets said in the Old Testament, all the laws of Moses, everything that's been, been given, they hang on these, these two commandments. Meaning that if you get, if, if you try to separate love from God's word, if you try to separate love from the, the word of God, then you get the wrong Bible. If you try to separate love from Jesus, you, you get the wrong Jesus. So, so I, I have to learn these three keys in order for me to have healthy, Christ-centered, spirit-led relationships. So the first one, the first step, what's the first step? We're gonna be really simple today. Ready, the first step, love God. Love God. Now, if you're, you're religious like me, you grew up in church, you're, some of you are like, your first reaction to that was like, yes, like, I'm glad you're saying that, I love God. Like, I just, I gotta love God, I just, I gotta love God more. Like, I, it's September, I've had a, you know, kind of a wild summer, I just, I just, I just gotta love God more. Just, just, just gotta love God more, man. Just gotta love God more. Like, maybe you grew up in a church like, like I was like, you gotta love God. You don't love God enough. We're going on a fast, ah. I'm like, I'm here. I, you took my tithe. I, th I think I love God. I, like, I'm trying here. It, it, here's, here's what you got to understand about loving God. Is, is you don't love God by trying. Did you hear me? You don't love God by trying. Here's how you love God by receiving and accepting the fact that he loves you that he, he loves you. Yes. True love, I'll say it like this, true love starts with acceptance. Yeah. I know that sounds like some Dr. Phil stuff, but <laughs> it's true. That 
In order for me to love God, I first have to understand that he loves me. Look at 1 John chapter four, it says this, we love, we, we love, we have the capacity to love. Our, our ability to love is, is limited by our revelation of that he first loved us. We love because we love God, we love others, we love ourselves. Our ability to love is based on the fact that God first loved us. So, so I'm not trying, I'm not living a life trying to earn God's love. By the way, if you, if you spend your life trying to earn God's love, you'll make other people earn something from you. And so I'm not, I'm not, that's a terrible place to live where I just, I'm trying to earn and the more I do and the more I strive like that's, that's what's gonna get God to love me. No, 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 I, I, I love God by receiving the fact that he loves me. That I am loved. I, I'm loved whether I like it or not. I, I'm loved. I'm loved whether I live like it or not. I'm loved. You have to receive that he loves you. So look at Ephesians chapter three, says this, says, My, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Next verse, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience, notice, let me start that, that it's experiential. Don't get, don't get like freaked out about this church that we, we, uh, we get a little excited and we, we, we get a little expressive in our worship and in how we do things. No, no, this, this is experiential. You can experience God's love, though it's too great to completely understand. I don't, I don't relate to God mind to mind. I relate to God spirit to spirit. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You got to understand that you are loved. And the way that I love God is not by me striving and earning and struggling and trying. And if I do this list of do's and I don't do these list of don'ts, it's no, no, no. You, you love God first by just receiving that he loves you. So. Come on, if you're gonna clap, you better, don't, don't give me that golf clap, you just. So I love God when I know God loves me. So what does it look like? Is this okay that I'm like just teaching today? Is that, is that all right? So, so what does it look like when I, I have the understanding that I, I know that God loves me and that I don't have to earn it, I'm not trying, I'm not striving. What does it look like when I receive the love of God? Well, I think it looks like this. This next verse in John says this, if you love me, obey my commandments. Whoa. That's like, it's like a 2,000 pages in this thing. Like, what do you mean? Like, if I love you, I obey, like, let me tell you what, what he's not saying. What he's not saying is that if you love me, then you'll obey every command of the Bible all the time perfectly. In fact, he's not even saying, if you love me, you'll obey the 613 laws of Moses. If he meant that, he would have said, if you love me, you'll obey Moses. So, so what does it mean if, I, if you love me, then obey my commands? Well, two things. One, 
is that obeying God comes not from a, it comes from a source of understanding that God loves me and I love him. And so therefore what he's saying is not, if you love me, oh, you better obey my commands. Saying, if you love me, if you just, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. If you, if, if you, if you, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. But now what are the commands that, what does that look like? What's that look like? Cause there's a lot, like there's a, there's a lot of laws. There's a lot of commands in, in this thing. If you read the gospels and I just encourage you, you, you should, you should read the gospels. If you're like, I don't know what to read, read, read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I'd encourage you to get like a red letter Bible. Like you can, uh, so you can see this is, this is the words of Jesus. And if you read the gospels, what you will find out is that there's not a whole lot of thou shalts and thou shalt nots. As a matter of fact, when you, when you read the gospel, Jesus really only commanded a couple of things. One of those is that believe in me. Another one is love each other. So what do you see when you're talking about the commands? Hold on, Trey, what are you, what are you saying? What, what you have to understand is when you read the gospels, the commands of Jesus look like the life Jesus lived. And so what you can do is, is not just say, I have this list of things that I'm not supposed to do or this list of things I'm supposed to do. What I wanna encourage you to do today is if you love Jesus, what you're gonna do is you're gonna look and study the life of Jesus and immerse yourself in the life that Jesus lived. And the more you do that, the more you will begin to love Jesus. That if you will pattern your life after the life, what, what was Jesus like? Jesus was humble. Jesus was kind. Jesus loved the Father. Jesus respected authority. Jesus was a good friend. Je Jesus was a faithful son. Je Je Jesus fought for the underdog. Je Jesus loved the religious. Je Je Jesus models for us the commands of Jesus. And the more you pattern your life after Jesus, the more you will begin to love Jesus. The more you begin to obey Jesus, the more you will begin to love Jesus. So, so how do I love God? Well, first I accept the fact that he loves me and then I study and pattern my life after the life of Jesus. And I will begin, it will immediately begin to affect the relationships and the people around me. You say, Trey, like, that's great and all that, but I need help in my marriage. The best thing you can do for your marriage is to love God. The best thing you can do to parent those kids better is to love Jesus. The best thing you can do to be a better friend is to love Jesus. It, this is the, the first and most important, the, the most basic and, and kind of cornerstone of healthy relationships is that I love God. That I love, I love God. So what does loving God look like? It looks like submitting to God's word. It looks like studying, learning, applying, patterning my life after the life of Jesus, after God's word. So, so love God, that's, that's number one. The second step, second step, you ready for this? Number two is that you love yourself. Not a whole lot of amens on that one. Just a little like, hmm, what? You sure about that? Love, love, love yourself. So some of you, when you heard that, you're like, yes. Just, just need to love myself. Like, 
I'm enough. Let me just, just take a picture of myself with no makeup on and show the world how brave I am. Listen, and ladies, we love you. We're so, so proud that you're, you're brave. But, um, which by the way, guys, like, can we just talk for a second? Um, with the whole like mirror pick, like just stop it. Let's just stop it, right? Enough. It's one thing for like, just, just, just stop it. So you got toothpaste all over your mirror. Just stop with the selfies in the mirror. We're done, all right? Just no more in Jesus' name. Um, let me tell you what I'm not talking about when I say love, love yourself. I'm not talking about this, like, this, this uh, self-worship that our society deals with. Right, like we're living in a world of, of self-worship. And, and it's important to, to understand because Jesus is telling us to love yourself, but, but Paul will warn uh, in his letter to Timothy, he, he would warn that, that uh, men will become lovers of themselves. So I'm not talking about being in love with yourself. I'm not talking about self-worship, but I'm also definitely not talking about self-hatred either. That will not bring God glory. Like we, we are struggling with a, a depression uh, riddled society and, and this sort of self-loathing and, and self-hating and this negative self-image. And that does not bring God any honor or bring God any glory. And God wants to set you free from that if that's what you're struggling with. So I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about being in love with yourself and I'm not talking about hating yourself. There has to be some middle ground. There's got to be some like some 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 middle ground that's God honoring, that's Christ centered, that's Bible. And so 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 what does that look like? Here's what I think it looks like. Matthew chapter 16 says this. Is there anything worth more than your soul? The context of Matthew 16 here, Jesus is saying that that your soul is worth more than gaining the entire world. So, so what does a healthy self-image, what does a healthy love of self look like? It looks like understanding that, that there's nothing more valuable than my soul. Your soul, I'm talking about not, not your earth suit, I'm talking about your soul, the real you. Like, Jesus is saying there's nothing more valuable than your soul. You could have all the riches, all the property, all the, all the treasures of this world, and nothing is worth more than your soul. Loving yourself means knowing your value to God. Loving yourself know, is understanding and having a, a revelation of this is my value. So, so how much is something worth? Well, it's worth what somebody's willing to pay for it, right? So how much would God say your soul is worth? Well, Jesus, when he came to the earth, he, he didn't, you know, God could have sent a, uh, an angel. He could have sent a prophet. He didn't use to purchase our salvation, to purchase our soul. He didn't use gold. He didn't use silver. He didn't use precious jewels. He he didn't use Bitcoin. Come on, somebody. Like he, he, he said, he said, I want to say it like this. Um, God would say you're worth dying for. That's what you're worth. You're, you're worth dying for. 
And so, so if Jesus is saying, I'm worth dying for, like he would give his life for me, that's, that's where I get my worth. That's where I get my confidence. It's a, it's a God confidence in that I know who I am and I know whose I am. I know what I'm worth. I know my value. I know that I am uh, created in the image of God. I, I, know, I know what I'm worth. I feel like somebody needs to hear that today, that... that you're worth more, you're valuable to God. I know the enemy's been trying to tell you that you're not, that you're not worth anything, that you're worth less, that you should just settle. But can I tell you that God values you with his life, that he, he, he gave his son to die for you, that, that you're worth dying for, that he loves you and he values you. So that's where I get my, this, and this is good news. This is good news because in a world that's like constantly changing and shifting and up and down and good and bad and negative and positive, I have this consistent understanding that I am valued by God, the creator of the universe, that he loves me and he values me. So that's where I find my value. That's where I, I find my strength. So, so I like approval, but I don't need approval because I know that I'm valued by God. I know what I'm worth. And it's from this place of, it's from this place of understanding of loving God and receiving his love and understanding my value and loving myself. It's, it's from this place that your relationships will start to move in a healthy, healthy direction. Because you're no longer dependent on one person's approval of you. You're loved by God. You're made by God. You were, you're purchased by, by God. Okay, so, so what does it look like? I will get, get proud. What does it look like when I understand this? How, how, does, how does this flesh itself out in my life? I think it looks like 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that says, says this. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, you were bought at a price. Now, let me stop there for a second because, I, listen, I, I know this is not uh, popular in 2023, but can I tell you that you're not your own? If, if, if you're a Christian today, you, you're not your body, your life is not your own. Actually, theologically, I would argue that uh, even if you're not a Christian, that you're still not your own. Colossians says that he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. So I would, I would say that if you're not a Christian, you actually belong to the devil. I, I know that's exactly what I thought I was going to get. Not, not, a, not a lot of amens there. I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you the Bible. I'm just reading you, reading you what the Bible says. But, but you're not your own. You're not your own. And I know this is, this is totally countercultural to just, you know, I'm going to do me. Like this, this is my life. I'm an adult. I do what I want. You can't tell me what I should do with my body. You shouldn't tell me what I can do with my life. And I know this is not what we're preaching in 2023, but it's the truth that you are not your own. You were bought with a price. You were actually bought with the price of the precious blood of Jesus that, that he paid for you, that your life and your body is not your, it's not your own. So if, if I understand that, that my body's not, not my own, I, so what, what does that look like? I have to, I have to understand that, that I just don't do what I feel like doing. 
I don't just get to live how I feel like living. I'm not living by my feelings. I'm living by the, the word of God. Like, like the word of God is what tells me what is right. I don't just, I don't judge what is right. God judges what is right, tells me what is right. And his judgment becomes my judgment. So I no longer live based off of what I want or what I want to do or how I want to live. I have to look at the word of God and say, this is truth. And this is how I'm going to live my life. This is how I'm going to pattern, pattern my life because I'm, I'm not my own. I don't belong to just myself. I, I was, I was bought with a price. So, so if I'm not my own and I was bought with a price, here's what real self-love looks like. Here's what really loving yourself looks like. Honor God with your bodies. It, real self-love looks like a life of honor. That I, I love myself enough to honor God with my life. I honor God with my body. It, it looks like honor. Now, if, if I really believe my worth to God, if I really believe it and I really understand it, it will immediately affect my relationships. Because now when you see, you see a woman who is being abused in a relationship, I know it's, there's so many scenarios and so many nuances to those, to those moments, so many reasons, but a, a lot of the times in counseling and therapy, after that, a, a lot of the times what you find is, because you, you ask the question, like, why, at the first time, like, why, why would they stay? Why, why, why would you stay? Why would you continue to, to be in that? Why would you? And, and, and let me just tell you that if you're, if you're in a relationship, an abusive relationship right now, let, let me just tell you that God sees you, that, that there is a better for you, that, that, that if, if you need help, would you, you please come, come talk to us? Please come see us. Please come reach out. Uh, and and if, let me just say this too. If, if you are the abuser in a relationship, can I tell you that we, we, got some, we got some people in our church who are saved, but they're barely saved. All right, and if you're, you're abusing somebody, like I, I got no problem making a phone call because that, that is not tolerable. That is not tolerated. That is, that is not of God. And can I tell you that Jesus sees you too and he loves you and he's got better for you and he's got more for you. But if you're in that relationship or you've seen that take place, a lot of times what is happening is, is that the, the person, the victim in that relationship is, has, has believed a lie that they aren't worth any more than what they're currently experiencing. They're believing a lie from the enemy that, that this is, I deserve this, or this is the best that there is for me. This is the best that I could do. And can I just tell you that loving yourself first, you gotta, you gotta know that God loves you and know that he died for you and that he paid a price for you and that, that he values you more than anything on this planet. And, and, and just know that you're worth more. You're worth more. There's more for you. You, you are worth more. And so a, a life of understanding that my, my value to God, understanding what God, how God views me and sees me, it, it looks like a life of, of honor that, that I, I give my life to Jesus. I give my body to Jesus. I know, here's something else. When you understand that God values you, when you understand your value to God and your worth to God, it releases self-control in your life. 
When, when I know how valued I am by God, I no longer have to drink that, smoke that, buy that, look at that, participate in that in order to feel better about myself. No, when I, when I understand my value to God, I, I, I release a self-control in my life. When I understand my body's not my own, like you don't have to sleep with anything with two legs anymore. That's great preaching, Trey. Thank you for telling me. I know I... I don't want to hear it. Well, you're welcome. Like it releases self-control in your life. Your body's not your own. When I understand my value, now, now those, those relationships look totally different. When I understand my value and I get that text message at three o'clock in the morning, what are you doing? Oh, come on. So, so you, know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. W-Y-D, what you doing? Like the first thing I, I would say, like my gut reaction say you should just block. That's the first thing you should do. But if you're not gonna block, then, the, then I would say you just respond like this. When you know your value, your response is, I'm praying, I'm reading my Bible, praying in the spirit, what are you doing? When you know your value to God, it changes the interactions, it changes your relationship. When you get that text that says, what are you wearing? The full armor of God, that's what I'm wearing. Can I get a witness? I'm clothed in his righteousness. When you know your value, you no longer have to be or live the life that, that you used to. You, it now affects your relationships. I, I'm valued by God. I'm, I'm purchased by his blood. I'm worth more. So it's from this place. When, when you get this relationship right and you get this relationship with yourself right, it will immediately affect your relationships with others. So number three, love your neighbor. Love, love your neighbor and keys can come on, worship team can come help me close this thing because here's the deal. If, uh, if you're awesome, if you're all that and you are, then so are they. By the way, I just feel like I need to remind you that, that love is not a feeling. It's not something that you fall in and out of. Love is a, a decision. Love's a daily decision that I'm gonna honor and celebrate someone who's made in the image of God. I gotta love my neighbor. This is challenging, especially in our generation. But by the way, it, it was challenging even from the beginning. When Jesus said this, love your neighbor as yourself, the first response was, hold on, hold on, hold on. who's my neighbor? Because like, I got some folks, I don't know. Jesus' response, the, in, in a nutshell, like the, good, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, that's what he gave. He said, he said like, honestly, the, your neighbor's the person that doesn't look like you, person that doesn't vote like you, person that doesn't believe the way you believe, person that doesn't worship the way you worship, the person that has a different color skin than you. In short, your neighbor is your opposite. You gotta love your neighbor. And you gotta learn to choose daily to love your neighbor. Why, why is that? Because there's times your spouse is gonna be your neighbor. Y'all don't look at Kayla, look at me. I'm just, 
There are times where now, not the, the first three months of marriage, it's awesome. You just, you just having sex and eating pizza. Like that's, that's all you're doing for the first three. It's, but if you wanna be married 10, 15, 25, you wanna you want be in this longer than just a few months, like can, can I tell you, there's times where your wife's gonna be your neighbor. There's times where your husband's going, you, you just look at your spouse like, just, and there's times where it's amazing and it's on fire and everything is great. And there are times where it's cold and it's like, and you, you gotta choose, I gotta love my neighbor. I, I got, there's times your church is gonna be your neighbor. It's like you show up on Sunday and it's like nothing's working. Like, I don't know. I just felt like something was off. Like, like Trey was just like looking at me the whole time. And I don't know. Like I checked my kids in and some kid bit my kid or my kid bit some kid or my kid bit himself. I don't like, it's just, it's just not working. And there's just times where you just got to say, no, I, I, I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep going in. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep, like, I just, I, I'm making a decision every day to love my neighbor. What does it look like? First Corinthians chapter 13. By the way, this, when Paul wrote this, it, it wasn't like he was like, shout out to all the weddings. Like this is, this is not just a wedding verse. He said, love is patient. Everybody just went, ooh. It's patient, it's patient. Love is kind. Can you just be kind? Like don't be a jerk. Like just, you know what? I, I could say something insulting, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be kind. Love is, it does not envy, it does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. Which is his translation says it protects, love protects. Hey, um, husbands, don't protect your wife. Like in conversation in public, don't like talk about, you know, whatever you don't like about your wife, like protect her. Wives, like we, we need affirmation. We need you to, to like, don't talk about what we're not doing or what, like just protect. Don't poke fun at it, like protect. Don't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. That's a tough one. That's hard. All the spouses are like, yeah, that's, that's a hard one. Keeps no, no records of wrong. Keep, go to the, the next, next part of the scripture. It says that love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. You gotta love your neighbor. It starts with this love. I love God by accepting the fact that he loves me. I rest in the fact that 
He loves me. And then I pattern my life after the word of God. And I, I get my, my ideas and I get my, the, the, how I live my life. I, I base it off of the word of God, not, not what I tell, the voice I tell myself is the Holy Spirit. Like I, the word of God is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Like that's what I base my life off of. And, and, then, and then I understand my value and that I'm worth more than anything in this world. My soul is worth more to God. And so, so I live my life in, servant, in, in service to God. And if I can get those two things right, it will immediately affect my relationships. It's from that place of inner spiritual, mental, emotional health that I can begin to have healthy relationships. And I choose every day to love my neighbor. I love my neighbor. Do you receive that this morning? Would you stand to your feet with me? every head bowed and every eye closed. Um, if you're here in the room this morning and you say, uh, Trey, what you were talking about, those first two loving God, and you know, I struggle, I struggle with that. I don't even know how, what it looks like. And maybe you were to be honest with yourself and say, I, I've never truly received the gift of God's grace. I've never received the fact that he loves me and that he died for me. And I've never received this, this gift of salvation. If you're in the room with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Trey, that's me. I want to ask that you just lift your hand up right now. Would you just lift your hand? Cause we're going to, we're going to pray for you. I see those hands, the hands over here on the left center. I see those, I see that hand, I see that hand. Hey, if you, if you raised your hand or maybe you didn't, but you're, you're feeling that in your heart, I just want to ask that you would just pray this prayer. Just repeat this prayer after me right now. Say, dear Jesus, I receive your love. I know I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I receive this gift. Will you forgive me of my sins? Fill me with your spirit and help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus name. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Trey, I just, I need you to, I need prayer because I'm struggling with some relationships in my life right now. And I just, I need, I need some, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to help me, help me be the change in my relationships. You say, say, Trey, that's me. You don't have to raise your hand. I just want to pray a prayer over you right now. God, I just pray for every person in the room, everyone watching online that's struggling with their relationships, whatever it looks like, friends, spouse, coworkers, employer, employee, whatever it looks like, their kids. God, I just pray that you would empower them through the power of the Holy Spirit to be the change in their relationships, that they would first get their relationship with you and the relationship with themselves healthy and that that will begin to affect our interactions with the people around us. God, we give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, real quick, can we celebrate all those that made a decision today? Come on. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, 
You can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta keep on moving.